What is up, everybody? Jeff Morton here with another solo CSG podcast. Nate and Ross are both on assignment. Before I get started, I'd like to tell you about the sponsors of uh, solo CSG podcasts is uh, King Law Firm. Uh, They uh, specialize in Social Security disability and personal injury. And, you know, quite frankly, if you find yourself in a situation where you need Social Security disability and you find yourself disabled and no longer able to work, they are the law firm to call. They are the law firm to contact because uh, I can tell you from familial experience um, that it is a long, drawn-out, arduous, and sometimes painful process that you need, really do need someone in your corner fighting for you. And King Law Firm will be that advocate for you. Uh, they also, as I said, do personal injury and a multitude of other legal things that uh, make them one of the best law firms in Colorado. Uh, go and check out their webpage, kinglawfirmco.com. That is kinglawfirmco.com. Ask for Kylan King and tell him that Jeff Morton sent you. Well, it's, uh, here we are again with another CSG podcast. I know you all are probably getting sick of my voice at this point, and <laughs> I don't blame you. Uh, Nate and Ross will be back eventually. Um, I can't promise when, but it'll be eventually. Um, I kind of was going to hold off on podcasting until next week because I wanted to get, you know, kind of a uh, more of a uh, nugget-centric podcast. But there was something that happened on Thursday night that really kind of got me thinking about the tenure of Masai Ujiri uh, in Denver. In specific, his trade... uh, in 2012 that basically reshaped the franchise and set it on on its current course. Um, And it's not the Carmelo Anthony trade. Um, To give you some context, the uh, San Antonio Spurs and the Toronto Raptors pulled off a trade where the Spurs sent Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green to uh, Toronto for um, DeMar DeRozan, and a protected first. And I believe the, the Spurs also sent like $5 million in cash. Uh, it's one of those trades where you think, oh man, Masai fleeced them. Which, you know, in the long term, they got the better player. So yeah, uh, if things turn out for them this year, it could be one of those trades that you look back on and think, man, uh, Masai really did it again. But there is some context that everyone needs to have in this situation. Only from people who know and were around at the time. Uh, I was covering the Denver Nuggets when uh, Masai Ujiri came to the Denver Nuggets. He was the his uh, first year as Denver Nuggets GM, and when in fact when they traded Carmelo Anthony, uh, Josh Kroenke, and uh, Masai Ujiri were good enough to come to our Stiffs Night Out in February of 2011, all the way back in was almost eight years ago. Uh, they came to our Stiffs event, and really, that solidified. That's that began the process of Denver Stiffs becoming a uh, uh, legit uh, news or uh, Nuggets coverage outlet. Um, but what I want to talk about is the history of Masai and give you some context to where what his thinking is with a trade like this, which is, let's face it, it's risky. For the Toronto Raptors, it's uh, there is a very, I would say, seventy to eighty percent chance Kawhi Leonard just 
doesn't uh, maintains that he doesn't want to be there, leaves at the end of the year. Now, people are spinning this like, well, it'll reset them for their uh, rebuild, all that stuff. Keep in mind, they gave up their draft pick to do this for this last year. So if the if they get into a situation where they're going to need to start restocking, uh, if they end up, uh, let's say, if the Raptors end up basically having Kawhi leave them, they can't begin their process of restocking with draft picks this year because they gave it up for Kawhi. That's why people need to relook at this situation and need to take a look at history. And I'm going to give you some context to Masai Ujiri and his modus operandi. Masai came to the Nuggets in 2010. Um, he actually previously worked with the Nuggets as an international scout. I believe he was, his actual title was just international scout, but I think he was their only international scout at the time uh, under Kiki Vandaway uh, in about the mid early to mid-2000s. Uh, then he bounced around and kind of went to uh, the Toronto Raptors uh, where he was kind of under the tutelage of, of recent controversial um, general manager slash president, Jer- um, uh, Colangelo, Jerry Colangelo. Uh, not Jerry Colangelo. Um, yeah, anyway, one of the Colangelos. And um, Michael Colangelo. And he... Sorry, I took a swig of coffee there. He um, kind of n- developed a, a way of thinking about how you build an NBA team. And his was very similar to Daryl Morey, which was don't bottom out, acquire pieces, uh, tradable, tradable players. I don't like calling players assets because I think it's demeaning. Tradable players uh, and picks to not bottom out, but to bump up. It is a different kind of, it's, it's a way to stay relevant or stay competitive and build your way up. When uh, Masai got to the Nuggets, he had to deal with the monster of Carmelo Anthony's uh, trade. And he and Josh Kroenke pulled off a very good trade for the Nuggets, despite what revisionists have wanted to say. Uh, the Nuggets really did win that trade because despite the, the Knicks making the playoffs twice, um, they were really, they had the benefit of being in the East and they were really not as good a team. Uh, the, the Knicks of 2010-11 were actually a, Fun team, fun and exciting team under Mike D'Antoni. And basically the Carmelo Anthony trade, because of the pieces they gave up, kind of destroyed that. But when you come to the Nuggets, Melo, they trade, make that piece. And that kind of started the uh, what Masai wanted to do with uh, acquiring these tradable players and then moving them up. Now, if Masai was still here, I, I doubt you that Wilson Chandler and Danilo Gallinari would have lasted as long as they did. His mode was to get keep getting better, better, better. Well, you get to basically what became post-lockout life. And that was after Masai's first year. And the Nuggets had to make some decisions. They had to uh, make a decision on re-signing Nene. And they had to make a decision on letting Kenyon Martin go. They had to make a decision on letting, letting J.R. Smith go. Well, they decided to make them let them let both J.R. and Kenyon go, but they retained uh, Nene for uh, I think it was either four or five year 
60-something million dollar contract. It ended up averaging into about $13 million a year. Well, midway through that season, midway through that season, the Nuggets ended up trading Nene to the Washington Wizards for, as everyone remembers, JaVale McGee. Right there is really where two things happened. Masai gained a reputation, started to gain a reputation of signing people only to trade them. Because I believe uh, they signed that deal with Nene in December of 2011. Uh, and signed that in the early, yeah, December 2011. And then uh, traded him, I believe, uh, I forget when the trade deadline was that year, but it was either February or March. Uh, they may have moved it because of the, uh, they were played only 66 games that year. Um, that because of that, there was this, this change. That is where Messiah gained that reputation. But at the same time, that's where the Messiah also gained the reputation of someone who would gamble on upside. And the JaVale McGee thing was always going to be a little sketchy. And then and you could say, subsequently... After the Nuggets took the uh, Los Angeles Lakers to seven games, and it was still a relatively competitive Lakers team at that point. It was they were coached by Mike Brown. Kobe wasn't yet a wreck. Um, it was still a, rel- a relatively good team, but they weren't, you know, obviously uh, the great Lakers teams of 2009 and 10, or even 2008. This was a significantly older team that was on the downside. Well, seeing that, Masai decides to go in on a trade that was a gamble, a big gamble, as it turned out. During the 2012 Summer Olympics, uh, the Nuggets decided to uh, engage, but, but the trade that brought Dwight Howard from the Orlando Magic to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Nuggets decided to put their hand in there, and they were part of a four-team trade that sent Dwight Howard to Los Angeles, that sent Andre Iguodala to the Nuggets, Andrew Bynum to the Sixers, and several draft picks to the Orlando Magic. including one of the Nuggets draft picks uh, that they acquired in the Carmelo Anthony trade. Essentially, I believe it was uh, the better of, I think, the Nuggets, if the Nuggets, it was one of those pick swap things. Um, And the Nuggets ended up having another one of those, which they used, I believe, in 2014, right around there. Anyway, the Nuggets ended up going all in on this and bringing Iguodala here. Now, here is where the context and similarity between that trade and what happened with Kawhi Leonard, obviously not on the same scale, mind you, but here's where that kind of becomes parallel. Andre Iguodala was in uh, London at the time with the uh, Team USA. Uh, the Nugget, the, obviously, the Team USA was competing in those London Olympics. And on, from all accounts to people there, uh, 
Andre Iguodala found out about it, was not happy at all. Was not happy. And he, I don't believe, based on everyone I've spoken to, I don't believe that unhappiness ever changed. Even though that Nuggets team ended up winning 57 games. Uh, Masai took a gamble. He took a gamble that he would be able to sell Andre Iguodala on Denver. Sell him on Denver, sell him on the team, sell him on culture, all that stuff. Right? So Iguodala ends up coming over and he's coy and he's cagey and he doesn't really commit to anything. And who knows what Kawhi Leonard's going to do. He's a man of few words anyway. So Leonard, uh, uh, excuse me, Iguodala ends up coming to Denver and the Nuggets win 57 games. Uh, and things were going swimmingly. And who knows how many games they would have won, by the way. Put this in perspective. The Nuggets ended up, I think they lost in the, after Danilo Gallinari injured his uh, knee. Nuggets ended up losing, I think, two, three games. They were on a considerable roll heading up to the point Gallo gets injured. Say the Nuggets win two more games. Three more games. They end up the two seed. History looks a little different. Say Gallo doesn't get injured. Things like they win 59 games. History changed with Danilo Gallinari's injury. And that is no doubt the most pivotal, uh, other than the Carmelo Anthony trade, is undoubtedly the most pivotal moment in the last seven, eight years was Danilo Gallinari's injury in 2013. On top of that, you have Andre Iguodala's shenanigans during the playoffs, which have been well documented and I don't want to get into because I've already been accused of being a hater. So just we'll let history speak for itself. But Andre Iguodala um, had, made, had made some strange decisions during the playoffs. He played well, but he made some strange decisions. And it was very clear that his heart wasn't in Denver. And he made it known. All of this was swirling around when Masai Ujiri bolts for Toronto. Then George Carl gets fired. Now, George Carl getting fired had played zero factor in why Andre Iguodala did not resign. Essentially, what happened is Andre Iguodala never wanted to be in Denver, and he stuck to that. It never changed. Iguodala was consistent. Iguodala basically said mostly the right things publicly. But everyone who was around at that time will tell you Iguodala never wanted to be in Denver. And he saw an opportunity uh, in San Francisco uh, and knew that that was where he wanted to be. I, once again, will avoid speaking too much about his behavior during the playoffs. Let's just say I've made my feelings known for the last seven years. Um, so, but the Nuggets were burned. And the Nuggets were burned considerably by that trade. Not only did they give up that first-round pick to the Orlando Magic, which was like whatever, wherever the Knicks were going to be that year. And I think the Knicks were a lottery team that year, I think. No, no, no. The Knicks made the playoffs that year. The Knicks made, in 2013, the Knicks made the playoffs. So it would have been a high first, but 
I think that, that, but it didn't wouldn't have paid off until the next year, 2014, when the yeah, sorry, I'm talking over myself here. The 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 pick would have been a 2014 pick. The Knicks were a lottery team in 2014, and that would have been a extra piece the Nuggets could have used. They also gave up Aaron Aflalo, who they ended up trading back for for the 2014-15 season. What that did was it kind of, whenever you lose someone for nothing, and, and the Nuggets lost Danilo Gallinari for nothing, and they haven't been able to replace his production at small forward since. But what it did with Iguodala was it completely destroyed the structure and and trajectory of the team. Iguodala basically came in and was consistent, didn't want to be here. Masai Ujiri made that decision. It was one of a couple decisions Masai made during his tenure in Denver that you can look back on and, and kind of say, uh, one of those was the Nene uh, uh, JaVale McGee trade, which the trade itself is whatever, right? The mistake Masai made was overpaying JaVale the next year when he re-signed. Gave him a four-year, $44 million contract. JaVale immediately, uh, was he was okay um, the 2013 season. In fact, he had some good games where he, he stood out. The 2014 and then two that season, he was dreadful. He was injured, was dreadful, didn't rehab his own injury, and just became a lump. And his career in Denver ended up flaming out. There was two decisions that Masai Ujiri made that really kind of set the Nuggets back, but it's consistent with his philosophy. You've got to gamble. you got to gamble on upside. I'm not blaming Masai for the decisions he made because, you know, these are hindsight decisions other than, let's face it, Iguodala was consistent about his lack of desire to be there. He really wanted to be a free agent. I don't think he had, quote, personal animus towards the city of Denver. It was a situation he didn't want to be in. And I believe that kind of snowballed. And then once Gallo got injured, I think that was the nail in the coffin. Whatever slight chance the Nuggets had of keeping Iguodala. And none of that falls on Tim Connolly, who tried valiantly to re-sign him. Uh, Iguodala walked away from more money to go to the Golden State Warriors. And then they had to make a trade in order to free up space for him after his shenanigans in the uh, 2013 playoffs. Let's make this parallel to Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard was disgruntled in San Antonio. And in fact, has made it known through several media outlets who are, who are close to certain aspects around him that he has no desire to play in Toronto. So if, say, Kawhi is consistent and he doesn't want to stay there, people need to stop comparing this to Paul George. Paul George was, is not like Andre Iguodala, and he's not like Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Iguodala had always had in mind where he wanted to go. And even in his last year in Philadelphia, it was agitating. He wanted to do something else. He got to a place where he didn't want to be. 
and bolted for where he would really was wanting to prefer. Paul George was never a complainer. Uh, Paul George, even though everyone assumed that he was going to go to the Lakers and he, you know, he's a Los, uh, Los Angeles boy, everyone assumed that, oh, well, of course, of course, this is where he wants to be. Well, he got sent to a team with a superstar in Russell Westbrook. Um, and going to the Lakers with LeBron is a completely different situation. He, he and Westbrook found a rhythm and you know what? It's hard to walk away from that. It really is. It's hard to walk away from that. So he made the best choice for him. Don't compare him to what's going on with Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard uh, actively, actively, his people himself have tried to extricate him from San Antonio to a place that he wants to be. Actively. Paul George... Um, you know, the Nuggets, I think, wanted to get him. I mean, speculation is that the Nuggets wanted to get him, and they, um, Paul George was less than receptive to a Nuggets um, idea of resigning with Denver. Well, he didn't do that with the Oklahoma City Thunder. They traded him. And they got back some, I mean, Indiana got some good pieces Look at what that Oladipo did for them, right? So it worked. But look at San Antonio sending out an extremely disgruntled player who has told... Everyone under the sun knows where Kawhi Leonard wants to play. Everyone under the sun knows this. The Raptors are in keeping with Masai Ujiri's pattern, are wanting to gamble. And this is a bigger gamble than trying trading for Paul George. And let's face it, it's a bigger gamble than the Nuggets giving up a first round pick to uh, Orlando to get Andre Iguodala. But the, the similarity in attitude and the similarity in risk are there. And it's amazing to see kind of Masai making this decision again. Undoubtedly, if Kawhi Leonard is 100%, undoubtedly, this is going to be a great year for Toronto. Because that's how good Kawhi Leonard is. But Kawhi ends up, ends up walking away. It is easier said than done to reset the clock. Just last, ask the Denver Nuggets. I think people assuming that there is kind of like what John Elway said what's, what's after they got Peyton Manning. What's your plan B? We don't have a plan B. We're going for plan A. And I do believe Masai has just a plan A here. And this could be one of those situations where Masai is betting on Masai, which God bless him. God bless him if he's if he is that confident in himself, if he can do it. But beware. And Masai knows full well that Kawhi Leonard and his people could force him out of Toronto. Or if they get if they, they, they get that feeling that it's going to be, you know, you're going to trade him. Now, look, they could always trade Kawhi at the deadline. They could always do that. If you keep trading someone like this. 
you're going to, it's a diminishing return. This is probably the max that you're going to be able to do with Kawhi Leonard. I don't believe a double trade is going to net the Toronto Raptors the assets they want, quote-unquote assets, using uh, a Masai Ujiri word, you know, tradable players. I don't think it will. This is the gamble of all gambles. And the, but you know what? As I've said before, this is, this is Masai Ujiri. This is absolutely Masai Ujiri. This is his modus operandi. This is how he operates. It's a gamble among gambles. And we will see, we will see if this finally pays off for him or if he is left holding the bag like the Denver Nuggets were in 2013. Thank you all for joining me for the, uh, this uh, quarter, uh, excuse me, not even a quarter, this 25-minute uh, podcast. Uh, I will be back soon. Talk to you later. Goodbye.